Welcome back to Grandpa's Tales of Terror. I'm pretty sure you know what's coming next. That's right. Jerky, part three. Now close your eyes and let your imagination carry you into a world of fear and horror. <laughs> the sound of two Harley Davidsons broke the still of the morning. The riders pulled in front of the town's cafe, parking somewhat offhandedly. Before turning the bikes off, the one rider revved. The deepness of the sound made the cafe's window rattle. The two, white twenty males, laughed at the sound and walked <laughs> into the cafe. The chime echoed in the cafe due to the quietness that had taken place. As soon as the motorcycle engines could be heard, all conversation had stopped. All eyes were looking at the riders as they pulled up, rattled the window, and then entered the cafe. As they entered, one of the riders looked at everyone staring at them and said, in a snarky tone, What? All the customers returned back to the conversations that they were having. It was as if a pause button had been released on a cassette player, continuing exactly where the tape had stopped. The riders sat down at a booth and the cafe waitress walked over to them and asked what they would like. Blonde hair rider asked if he could get a beer. The waitress politely told him that they didn't sell beer. That he would have to go to the town bar to get one, but they didn't open till four. His reply was, are you fucking kidding me? She said no, she wasn't. But they did have soda, coffee, and other drinks available. Dark hair writer asked if he could have something more specific. She asked, what was that? He replied, her phone number. The rioters started laughing when the cafe door opened and Sheriff John Gabriel walked in. He walked up to the rioters and asked if he could see their license and registration. They looked at him and asked why. John replied that he was contacted by one of the other towns, saying look out for uncooperative males on Harleys, fitting their description. The riders pulled out the papers from their wallets, which were attached to fairly thick chains that were connected to the belt loops of their jeans. John took the papers and walked back to his patrol car. The computer network was one made up of not just national police information, but a local, encompassing the five other towns in the area. It was one way to contact the other sheriffs besides the radio and a phone call. Walking back into the cafe, John went to the riders and gave them back their papers. The two had ordered milkshakes, sucking on the straws quite loudly when John started talking. After a few words, he stopped because the milkshake straw sucking was quite loud. When they finished, John told them not to cause any trouble. Yes, sir, the two riders said at the same time, laughing. <laughs> John turned and walked back to his car and thought to himself, those two are going to be trouble. As the waitress told him, the town's bar opened at four, and that's where the riders went not without starting their bikes, grabbing the engines, and riding across the street. 
They walked in, and just like how the cafe conversations paused, so did the ones in the town bar. The jukebox continued with what choices were made by the person who put the quarters in. The riders sat at the bar, and after everyone had looked at him, everyone started talking as if nothing happened. Both of them asked for a beer and a couple of tequila shots. During the evening, their behavior was tolerable. Sometimes they would yell out, I love this song, when one they liked played. They hogged one of the pool tables for a while, spilled a beer on one of the other ones. They danced with a couple of the local girls who didn't fall for any of their sweetness or come on lines. After some more beer, they were dancing by themselves. When it was time for the bar to close, the riders were belligerent asking why so fucking early. The bartender said that because almost everyone in town works at the jerky and sausage plant, the town wanted midnight to be closing time during the week. They want the employees to enjoy themselves, but they do have to work tomorrow. Saturday, it's open later because no one works except a skeleton crew who does repairs, cleaning, and whatever else needs to be done. The blonde rider asked if they could have a couple of beers to go, but the bartender said no. Both riders started to swear, calling Bartman a shitty town, and the townsfolk were fucking assholes. Everyone who was still at the bar just looked at them. Other patrons started getting their jackets on and were leaving. The riders walked back to their bikes and were about to start them when they noticed the waitress from the cafe still as she turned the lights off, she walked out the front door, locked it, turned around, and there were the two riders standing behind her. One put his hand on her mouth, the other grabbed her legs, and they carried her to the back of the cafe building. John received a phone call that something was happening in behind the cafe. He replied he was almost there, seconds away. He stopped the car at the back lane, saw the two Harleys were still parked in front of the bar. He drew his weapon and turned his flashlight on and started walking down the back lane, listening. After about 50 feet, he could hear some struggling sounds and he was getting closer to them. He turned his flashlight off, approaching the sound. When he knew where the noises were, he turned his flashlight on and... There were the two riders wrestling with the cafe witches. John yelled police to get on the ground. The two were completely surprised and blinded by the light. The waitress saw her opportunity to escape. Dark hair rider ran towards to tackle John, but John sidestepped and tripped the rider who fell headfirst into a garbage bin, knocking himself unconscious. Blonde hair had his somewhat heavy wallet chain in his hand and started swinging it. John yelled out to stop and drop the chain, but blonde hair continued to swing it, so John shot him in the thigh. Blonde hair dropped to the ground. He handcuffed them both, radioed for an ambulance and assistance from one of the other town sheriffs. Everyone showed up within minutes. The paramedics treated both riders. One being shot was taken to the town hospital and the other one released into John's custody. 
John shut the holding cell door and told the rider to put both his hands through the opening to remove his handcuffs. John unlocked one hand and reattached the open handcuff to a welded post. If somehow a detainee opened the door, they still wouldn't be able to escape. John then went to the patrol car driving to the hospital to check on the blonde rider. Getting there, John talked to the surgeon who removed the bullet and told him the patient's condition. He wasn't awake yet from the surgery, but should be within a couple of hours. John thanked the doctor and left. Getting back to the sheriff's station, he unlocked the front door and walked in, saying to Dark Hair that his buddy's doing fine and he should be waking up within a couple of hours. John also asked Dark Hair if he wanted a cup of coffee. There was no answer. John drew his weapon and turned on all the lights. Illuminating the office, John walked forward to the holding cell. Dark Hair was gone. The door was open and the handcuffs hanging on the welded post. He couldn't believe it.